have been doing the last several months here at Evangel, we've been doing a theme called Inside Out Church. Do good, love each other, reveal Jesus. And if you are part of Evangel, we've been asking you for stories of people who are here in the church who are already living inside out lives. They're doing good, they're loving each other, and they're showing people who Jesus is. And we listened to the stories you gave us. Here's one now. Cheryl Ann is known by many to have a servant's heart. She's caring and giving. As a music teacher in the South Shore, she gives so much of herself to her students in both time and care. So much, in fact, that her students have come to see her like a big sister. Now, many of the students in Cheryl's school come from very difficult home situations, and unfortunately, this at times has led to other problems. But not once has that deterred Cheryl. It just makes her more determined to pray for them and do the practical. In many cases, it's been said that she goes to visit them in a hospital and by loving on them and praying for them, help to encourage them. In other instances, she's been known to visit them at home and help them clean the house and get back on track so they can catch up in school. She follows up with her kids and takes the time to show that she really does want the best for them. And she loves it. Not only her kids, but her co-workers have come to know her as someone who can be trusted and looked to for support during difficult times. She does life with people. In some of the hardest times, she does good, she loves others, and she reveals Jesus. She is a shining example of an inside-out church. And she's sitting right there. Stand up. Would you stand up? That's Cheryl Ann Gundry-White right there. She didn't know we were doing that. She's dying right now. But Sherilyn, thanks for being an example of that. And we've got stories of others of you, and we're going to start putting them out there on Sunday mornings. That's cool, eh? It's fun to honor somebody. I want to take just a few minutes this morning. I'm not going to take a long time, but I want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit from God's Word. And uh, I'm Patty. I'm the pastor of this church, in case you're wondering who the weirdo is on the platform. But I wanted to ask you a question right off the bat. Has anybody here, you've ever just totally bombed something, like totally bombed, it was bad, you think about it and you cringe, you get a knot in your stomach and you die of embarrassment and hope no one ever finds out. Anybody? Awesome. I'm not in bad company then. I was a person who my whole life, I mean, I'm still fairly small, but I've been a small person my whole life. And because of that, I was never really good in sports. I was awful in sports. I would fake sickness to get a gym class in school growing up. And I remember one day when I was in college, We had this class that we had to take because at that time, this is going to sound weird, but at that time, they really believed that all of the technology was going to make us all people of leisure with all kinds of spare time. And so people were concerned that that the students of that day would grow up not knowing what to do with our spare time. So we literally took a class called leisure education so we would know how to spend our spare time. What a waste. But... The one class that we took, so we did a different activity every week. And so this one week, we were playing squash, and uh, that's what we were doing. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm in college. I've been bad at sports my whole life, but I can do this. And everybody says, if you just try, nobody will judge you, and everything will be great, and everything, you see where this is going, right? And so I'm in there, and I, I, got, I got my little squash racket, and I got my whatever clothes on, and I'm just, you know, wailing away. I'm not hitting anything, but I'm having a great time, and I'm doing pretty good, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing pretty good for the first time. And then I hear the professor come over to the person who's my partner playing with me, and she goes, 
Wow. Patty really isn't good at this at all, is she? <laughs> and I died. And I laugh about it now, but I died, you know. I just totally bombed that day. I was just wanted to crawl under a rock and die and not have anybody ever find out that I had ever attempted to try to play squash. So I want to talk a little bit today about a guy named Peter. He's in the Bible. If you're a Christian, you understand. You probably heard his name before. He's a follower of Jesus. And we think of him now as this big name guy, St. Peter, the Apostle Peter, all of that. But at the time, he was just Peter. He was just a guy. And he was one of the followers of Jesus, one of Jesus' disciples. And, and honestly, if we're going to be really truthful, he's not the brightest one. He's not the smartest follower of Jesus. He's not that impressive. Super passionate, jumps in both feet, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, but kind of blurts stuff out sometimes without thinking. And that's who he is. So it was really exciting one day when Jesus and his disciples were walking along the road and they were between two different towns and Peter got it right. For once in his life, actually got it right. He was super excited about it. He didn't always get it right, but this time he did in this one conversation that Jesus had with his disciples. It says, when Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some think he's John the baptizer. Some say Elijah. Some Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He pressed them. Well, how about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus came back, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You're Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. How many know that was a good day for Peter, right? He got it right. He's like, yeah. Did you hear that? Jesus asked who he was, and I said it. I nailed it. Did you hear the answer that I gave? I said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of God. I got it right. That's what I said. And then did you hear what he said about me? He said, I'm a rock. I'm a rock. I am a rock. And the church is going to be built on me. He didn't even know what a church was. But he's all pumped about it because he's having this really good. It was feeling pretty good that day. And then some time went by, some days went by, some weeks went by, and Jesus is having another conversation with his disciples, with Peter and the other disciples that are following along. And, and this conversation is a little bit different. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit harder. Jesus is trying to tell them what's about to come because he knows the crucifixion is coming. And he's trying to, he's trying to drop hints. He's trying to tell them, guys, it's, it's going to be bad. And he's trying to tell them, I, I'm going to be arrested and it's going, to be, it's going to be really difficult. It's, it's coming really quickly. And he's trying to tell his disciples they were all going to bomb. He's like, listen, you guys, are, you're all, you're going to fall apart. You're going to bomb. You're going to abandon me. It says Jesus told them before the night's over, tonight, before tonight's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. That's a weird moment. I mean, I, I can imagine the disciples feeling a little bit sobered going, um, okay. And kind of looking at Jesus going, no, 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 it's going to be okay, Jesus. 
But Peter, he's the loudest of them all. Peter broke in. Even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, Jesus, I won't. It's nice how he throws the other guys under the bus there, eh? Just tosses them to, even if everybody, listen, those losers, they're all going to fall to pieces, but I won't. You can count on me, Jesus. I'm a rock. Those other guys, they're probably going to bomb. Not me. Lovely. He's really going to regret those words. Don't be so sure, Jesus said. This very night, before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. And Peter protested, even if I had to die with you, Jesus, I would never deny you. And all the others said the same thing. I just want you to notice that last sentence there. Every time this story gets told in church, people really, you know, it's a real pile on on Peter. But all the others said the same thing. Nobody remembers that. He's the guy that gets hung out to dry. Just wanted to point that out. And then, after all that was said, this conversation had happened, Jesus was betrayed. Totally, they didn't see it coming. It's in the middle of the night. It's in a garden. He's betrayed. He's dragged away. He's arrested. It's, it's bad. And they know it's bad. They know he's being taken into a court that's not even legal. It's in the middle of the night. Injustice is going to happen. And everybody ran. All the disciples just fled, scattered in every direction. Except Peter. He sort of ran, but then he sort of stayed alongside, kind of hung out in the background, trying to figure out what's happening, trying to see if there's something he should do, and he's just freaking out. So he's on the edge of the whole thing, and he's watching Jesus get pulled into this illegal courtroom where where injustice is going to happen, horrible things are going to happen, and he's watching the whole thing, and he's freaking out, and he's panicking, and he's not thinking. So all this time, Peter's sitting out in the courtyard. He's outside of the space where Jesus is being tried. And one servant girl came up to him, and she said, you, you were with Jesus, the Galilean. And in front of everybody there, he denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus, if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Oops. And and then as he moved over towards the gate, someone else said to the people there, that man was with Jesus, the Nazarene. And again, he denied it. Salted his denial with an oath. I swear I never laid eyes on that man. No, no, Jesus, even if I had to die with you, I would never, never deny you. Ew. Shortly after that, some bystanders approached Peter. You've got to be one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he got really nervous and he swore, I don't know the man. Just then a rooster crowed. Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and cried and cried and cried. That's the moment. That's the moment right there. That moment when you know you've bombed. That moment that whenever you think about it later, you cringe and you get a knot in your stomach And you hope nobody ever finds out what you did. You hope the ones that saw it never remember it, never recognize you because it's just that bad. And Peter knows it's that bad. So he buries it, shoves it down, hopes nobody finds out. Goes through the worst few days of his life. Watching Jesus be crucified, watching him die. 
And then, and then this crazy thing happens. His, his friends go to visit the tomb, and they want to pay their respects there, and they want to do what you're supposed to do when someone dies. And, and what? Then they looked up, and they saw that the stone in front of the tomb had been rolled back. It's a huge stone. And they walked right in. And they saw a young man, it was an angel, actually, sitting on the right side, dressed all in white. They were completely taken aback completely astonished. And he said, don't be afraid, the angel says. I know you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves the place is empty. Now, go on your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said, and they got out as fast as they could beside themselves, their heads swimming, alive, alive, but he was dead, alive, I can't even, what? And yet it's true. And after this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it. Simon Peter Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the Zebedee brothers, and two other disciples were together. And Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. They went out and they got in the boat. They caught nothing that night. And when the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. And Jesus spoke to them, Bon matin. Did you catch anything for breakfast? I did that. They answered, no. And he said, throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. And they did what he said. And all of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. And when Simon Peter realized it was the master, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work, and he dove into the sea. See? Hard on his sleeve guy, just dives into the sea. The other disciples came by boat, because they're not Peter, for they weren't far from land, a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. And then this happened. Jesus, is that you? You're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat, and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice, and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there, and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net, and I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And Possible to start it again? really good if we can get it to play 
Look at Jesus, somebody. Jesus, is that you? You're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat, and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice, and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there, and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net, and I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And boom, I look up, and I mean, there is you. You're looking at me on the seashore going, it is I, the Lord, and you're alive. I can't believe you're alive. This is awesome. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on. Peter, yeah. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you. You're alive. This is so great. Good. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, man. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? I love you. Yes. And I'm so sorry about that rooster cluck, and I had no idea what that meant, but I do not. I'm better for it. All right. Okay. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Come on, get out of the boat. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Jesus, mere words cannot describe the passion that I have for you. I love you. You know everything. I love you. Good. Good. Then feed my sheep. I didn't even know you had livestock. That is so like you, though. There's something new about you all the time. That's what I love about you. Peter, Yeah. do you remember uh, the morning the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all in the upper room trying to figure out what to do next, you know, because we thought you were dead. You know, you were dead, you know, and we're trying to figure all that out, you know. And Mary comes running up, and Mary's like saying, beehive, beehive, beehive. And I'm thinking, I'm allergic to bees. Like, keep them out. You know what I'm saying? But as she kept getting closer, I heard her correctly. She was saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we're going, who's alive, who's alive? And she said, she was at the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And she said that the, there was an angel there. And the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. And so me and John, we hightailed it down there. And if John says he beat me, he's totally lying, all right? I beat him, FYI, all right, you know? And we get down there, and I'm looking in that tomb, and it is. It is empty. There's nothing in there, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And John is right there. John is so good with words. He should write a book. He is so good with words. And John said, don't you get it, Peter? This is everything Jesus said he was going to do, and you did it, and it's done. Let's go. This is so great. Wait, yeah. the angel said what? Uh, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. You've risen. Let's go. This he is said okay. what? Go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. You said my name. Why did you say my name? Peter, that's grace. No, no, I don't, I don't deserve that because that night people kept coming up to me asking me if I belonged to you, if I was with you, and I kept denying you left and right, all right? No, no it'll take me my whole life to make up for what I did. It was unforgivable for no, what I did. No, What I did on the cross was meant to take what is unforgivable and make it forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. It's grace. In Jesus' world, it means the undeserved love of God. God's love when we don't deserve it, when we've bombed so bad that we hope nobody will ever find out and no one will ever remember, and we just bury it and try to make it go away that's when Jesus offers grace. That's, that's what gospel means. You know, we've had the Montreal Gospel Choir here this morning. And how many know gospel is not just a musical genre, although it's a stinking good one. <laughs> but gospel means good news. 
We could call it the Montreal Good News Choir. Because the heart of the gospel, the good news is grace. The undeserved love of God for every single person, even when you've bombed. Especially when you've bombed. That's when grace matters the most. That thing you're thinking about, the thing that puts the knot in your stomach that makes you cringe inside that you thought of at the beginning when I said, have you ever bombed? Even for that. Grace. For anybody who takes the chance of accepting it. And I know, I know, you didn't come here this morning to hear me talk. I know you came for the choir. I know you came to hear them. Or because you're in the choir. And I know that you didn't show up this morning to have your life changed or impacted. It's just another Sunday morning for you. But I also know that for some of you, right now, something's happening inside. And you might not be quite sure of what it is. You're just going, oh man, what's this? Something's hitting me. Something's connecting with me. And you're going, what on earth? What's happening inside? And I know that that's true for some of you. Not because I'm some sort of mystic or I'm a know-it-all person. I've just been a pastor for long enough that I know that every time people come together, God connects with somebody. So I know that there's at least one person here and probably more that are feeling that inside. I've heard the stories over and over again. And if that's you, I want to tell you three things this morning. Number one, we've all been there, or most of us have. We've all been in the spot that you're in right now. That's, that's what a church is. That's what a church is supposed to be. It's a whole group of followers of Jesus, all of us with stories of our own, all of us with moments of our own that we wish nobody ever knew, and all of us really, really thankful for grace, for undeserved love from God. We all have our story of how we got here. And we're, we're walking it out together, not perfectly, but doing our best, walking our faith out. So we've all been where you are at this moment. And the second thing I want you to know, God knows your name. He knows your name. Actually, he knows everything about you. <laughs> he knows everything. You know, when Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter, Can you imagine if it had been your name in there? Go tell the disciples and Patty. Go tell the disciples and Sue. Go tell the disciples and Ron. Go tell the disciples and Matthew. Put your own name in there. Go tell the disciples and he knows your name. Cares about you. I've only been at this church a few months and I'm working really hard to try to learn everybody's name and I'm bombing most of the time, to be honest. I'm trying to learn people's names and I'm trying to learn how to pronounce them right because it's meaningful in a world of usernames and account numbers. It's meaningful when somebody comes up to you and they actually know your name. And so I'm not that great at it, but I'm trying. But I want you to know that God knows your name. He does. And he knows everything about you. He knows your best moments He knows your worst moments. He knows the worst of the worst moments. And he knows all the boring moments in between. He knows all of that. He knows the moments when you've bombed, the moments you regret, the moments that you hope nobody else ever finds out about. Jesus knows you. He knows the real you. And here's the thing. He loves you anyway. (laughs) 
He loves you anyway. That's what grace is. And I know it's hard to get, but just try to imagine it's true just for one second. Try to push aside all the reasons why that can't be true and just imagine for one moment that God knows everything about you, totally welcomes you anyway. What would that do? How would that impact your life? Listen, there's there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do, nothing, to make God love you less. He just, he just loves you. He would happily welcome you. He would be so proud if you wanted to be one of his followers. He would totally welcome you in. And, and if you don't have your own church, I just want you to know that we here at Evangel, we would happily welcome you to be part of that with us, just walking out your faith alongside with us. And you go, well, I'm not perfect. Hope not. You wouldn't fit in here if you were. Anybody that says they're perfect, they're just lying anyway. So they're not perfect. So just come. We're just here. We're just here together learning what it means to follow a God who knows everything about us and loves us anyway and calls us to live in a way that reflects who he is. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay it all out, how we're going to end this service In a moment, I'm going to invite us all to whisper a prayer together, all of us together. Because I actually believe that faith is best walked out in community, all of us together. And so we, we, every one of us will make an individual choice, but together we whisper the prayer together. And, And we're going to do that. And then I'll, I'll pray over all of us, the whole church here, and, and as we move into our week, and I'll dismiss you. And after that, you're going to be free to go. You can go out the doors and, and head left and visit the Montreal Gospel Choir table and buy their CDs and sign up for all their stuff. You can head downstairs to our Connect Cafe. We got coffee and snacks and stuff down there. And if you don't have money, don't worry about it. We got a button system. Somebody will look after you. They'll take care of you. Or, or, you can do all those things. Or, once we've closed... If, if something's happened inside of you and you're that person, we're going to have leaders. They'll be here at the front, and they're really great to talk to, or they'd be happy to pray with you. They'd be happy to answer some questions, just connect with you. You come on up and talk to them if you want to, and you go, well, I'm not really that kind of person. Then send me an email this week. I'll connect you with somebody. Anything we can do to help you figure out your faith, just let us know. So would you bow your heads? And before I pray, I want us to just pause with heads bowed. Take a moment and ask yourself, where am I at with God? Where am I at with grace? Am I allowing that undeserved love to walk into my heart to make a difference? Just kind of take stock of what's going on in there. Is it time to take a step forward and make a choice? And then... Let's all just whisper this prayer together. God, I'm not sure. Seems like something's going on inside. I'm here today. I didn't really expect a moment like this. And Patty's talking about grace. And she's talking about Jesus. She says that you know me. She says that you welcome me. So I'm going to take a chance. Jesus, if you're real, I accept your grace. I 
welcome you into my life. Forgive me where I've bombed. Take away my regrets. And help me start the journey that I'm in today. Thanks, Jesus. And God, now as we bring this service to a close, I stand here and just say thank you for your grace, for your undeserved love. It blows me away every time I think about it. God, I pray over every single person that's here that you would help us to walk out of here knowing that we have connected with the living God. And God, that we wouldn't walk out of here selfishly just having received your grace, but we would walk out of here ready to give it away, ready to pass on and carry that grace everywhere we go this week, when we go home to our families, when we go to school, when we go to our workplace, when we go shopping, when we go do all the things that we do, would you help us to carry Jesus well? Help us to carry your grace well. Help us to carry your love well and to pass it out all over the city of Montreal. God, I ask that you would protect and cover and keep safe every person and you would bring them back safely here or at their own church next Sunday. We ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming today. There are people up here that are willing to pray with you. If you want to be prayed with, please make sure you stop by the Montreal Gospel Choir table. Check out our Connect Cafe. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.